Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan, it's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan. I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan. Uh, it is hard to imagine. That's Jen Psaki arguing with uh, Fox News correspondent. It's hard to imagine why you'd decide to get into that little battle in the midst of this cluster blank. It's just, I, I can't even imagine. I just think cracks are showing. She and uh, and John Kirby from the Pentagon and that uh, the Q-tip from the State Department or whatever. What's his name? I can't remember. The smart guy with all those uh, degrees. They're, they're starting to get a little testy. If you asked the average person who has any idea what's going on, are those people stranded or not? Like 98% would say, yeah, they're stranded. Heard Not stranded. I'm not going to let you get away with that word. Not stranded. Delayed with no idea what might happen when. Yes, and afraid stranded, of being no. killed, right? Yes, but not no, stranded. Just, what, no. what, what, what is that? What was that? They, they shoot themselves in the foot like every single day over this thing. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's uh, maybe the pressure's getting to him. I don't know. So it's not just Joe Biden that says things that are stupid or gets into arguments are stupid like he did with Stephanopoulos where he said, that was four or five days ago. I mean, that was a dumb fight to pick. But Jen Psaki, who's much younger and it shows no signs of senility, getting into a <laughs> battle over the word stranded just seems weird. Well, Jack, let's kick it eighth grade research project and go to the dictionary. The dictionary defines <laughs> stranded as left without the means to move from somewhere. Okay, well, it's hard to argue with uh, it. Yeah, you might be unstranded later, but that's true of every stranded person. You're stranded on a desert island with your five favorite albums, of course, because that's the way that works, I guess. Um <laughs> Yeah, at some point, some plane might see you and, and help that you've spelled out with coconuts on the beach. Um, but that doesn't mean you weren't stranded previously. So the point goes to Peter Ducey of Fox News. Ding! Right. Even if they rescue you and your soccer ball friend, you still were stranded for a while. Um, uh, one of the headlines out of Afghanistan, the CIA director meeting with the Taliban leader in the highest level talks yet. I mean, well, it's pretty high level. The CIA director himself meeting with the leader of the Taliban, who uh, put a red line on the exit date of August 31st, which is a week from today. So all news reports are that Joe Biden is making his decision and will announce today if we're going to meet that red line or not. I got to believe he's waiting for his report from the CIA director to see how many sacks of U.S. taxpayer money they have to give the Taliban to explain to extend it by another week or two. Right. And, uh, you know, it just occurred to me the Taliban might demand more arms or spare parts for helicopters or something like that. Goodness knows they are brutal negotiators in addition to just being brutal. Well, I think they could demand practically anything. I mean, other than we'd like a nuclear weapon. I think (laughs) I, I don't I don't think there's much we could say no to. They hold all the cards. 
Uh, you know, from a just um, uh, a caring human standpoint, if you don't want people to get hurt or die, from a political standpoint, they could make the decision to end Joe Biden's presidency today. They open fire on all those people, including a whole bunch of Americans. That's the end of Joe Biden's presidency. So they hold a lot of cards. And so I, I would imagine they mostly want cash. Yeah, I, I would think so, too. That's certainly something you can get going in a big hurry. Uh, let's let's uh, I would like let's a play. Dogecoin. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's uh, let's try clip number 30. This is Jennifer Griffin uh, with John Kirby at the Pentagon. Why not use the Pakistanis and the Tal- and the Qataris to help bring people out from because right now you're just bringing people out from Kabul and it's a it's a choke point. Uh, I don't think it would be a useful uh, expenditure of our time to Monday morning quarterback the whole issue with Bagram. It was closed down as part of the retrograde. I'm not talking about Monday morning quarterbacking. I'm talking about why not look at the situation now. You need airfields that you can land on to get people out. We are improving our throughput at at, uh, Hamid Karzai International Airport, um, and we think... Mm -hmm. Uh, that we will be able to continue to try to improve that. That's the that's the goal. Yeah, Jennifer, they're improving their throughput. Pay attention. Have they enlarged the aperture? I can't remember. I don't know, but they've improved their throughput. Uh, they did get 11,000 people out of there yesterday. So, I mean, if they can keep that pace up, they can get a lot of people out of there. But again, it's just, in you know, as long as the Taliban says you can keep doing that which is not a good position to leave yourself in. Yeah, 6,000, you said, a a day? Let's see, that gives us... 11,000 yesterday. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness, okay. Uh, Yeah, well, we could probably get, you know, 50,000 more out by the 31st. It's just a question of whether we can get Americans to the airport because they are being beaten, and and there are probably disappeared Americans right now. There are probably multiple dead Americans. We just don't know it. Oh, my God. The stories that uh, you're hearing of the door-to-door campaigns they've got going on, they're doing it right now. There aren't near as many reporters in Kabul today as there were a week ago. Most of the big reporting organizations got out of there because it's getting too dangerous. So we're not getting as many reports out of there. But the Taliban is right now still going door-to-door and snatching people up uh, and disappearing them, people that worked with us. All those years, it's just it's just horrifying. But um, as we mentioned last hour, you don't have if you stick with the deadline of a week from today, you don't actually have all seven days because it'll take half of that time to get our six thousand troops and their equipment out. Oh, right. So you need three or four days to do that. So you really only have three or four days more of evacuating people before you have to start getting the troops out. So the deadline is really a non-starter. I mean, it's impossible to meet that deadline. So again, they hold. All the leverage. There's no way we can get out on that in that amount of time. We can get the people out. Everything is at their discretion. So they, I don't know if you've ever been in a negotiation situation like this where you hold all the cards, but it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, and uh, I don't know, cash, I'm guessing just ridiculous amounts of cash. I don't know when we'll ever find out the amount, but taxpayer money, you worked all last year, uh, 30 or half of your money went to the federal government. Well, it's going to the Taliban this week. So on the question of Al-Qaeda and the intelligence reports and the gross uh, intelligence failures, uh, we have a pretty good report to play for you in a couple of minutes at some point uh, in the hour, among other things. Al-Qaeda is everywhere in Afghanistan. Well, that's no, that's not literally true. They are in 
a large chunk of Afghanistan. You have ISIS running around, and for some reason, they're not fighting the Taliban, although they have fought in the past. Could be some sort of temporary truce. I haven't got the slightest idea how that works. There are pockets of resistance. There's one valley that uh, anti-Taliban forces, you know, good, loyal Afghan citizens who want their country to be like a normal country, drove them out of one valley. God, I feel like we should be helping them out, giving them. We we gave the Taliban all these Humvees and bombs. Can we give them to the resistance fighters? Of course, once you start doing that, you're you're back into the fighting the civil war and taking a side and all that. Well, and I'm sure the Taliban has thought to say, listen, as long as all those thousands of Americans are still in our country and we can either let them go or not, how about you don't arm any of our enemies, please? Excellent point. We don't have the uh, we we can't do that. I mean, the um, the Kirby there at the uh, Pentagon, is he Pentagon or Mm -hmm. State Department? Kirby at the Pentagon's Mm -hmm. last week refused to say the Taliban are an enemy of the United States. So, yeah, we're sure as hell not going to arm their opponents if we're not even willing to say out loud you're an enemy of the United States. Right. And the Taliban is, as we speak, rallying toward the uh, wherever those pockets are resistance, pockets of resistance are uh, with American weaponry, and they will stomp them out in a big hurry, I would guess. Although, who knows, the local warlord might have enough loyalty among the people in that area that they hold them off and establish a, a pocket of non-Taliban Afghanistan where they will herd their goats and live in the year 1200 uh, in peace. Uh, so the CIA director met with the leader of the Taliban today in Kabul, and Biden is going to do a G7 meeting with a whole bunch of your other big countries today to uh, try to figure out how this is going to wrap up and when, what we can offer them and all that. And as we mentioned earlier, the uh, DHS secretary from the Obama administration, Jeh Johnson, said he expects the Kabul airport situation to get a lot worse before it gets better. A lot worse before it gets better. So that's a heck of a deal. All that stuff Joe mentioned we got to get to. We got some more COVID stuff. We got some funnies. We got some funnies today. There's some funnies out there. I like the funnies. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. This isn't quite like 9-11. I mean, it's not to that level, but it's the closest thing since 9-11 that I remember that there's so much breaking news all the time of of import. And it's funny, that was around Afghanistan also. But this is around uh, COVID. This just broke. And one of the weirdest COVID places in the world to try to figure out right now is Israel, because it was held up as the gold standard for vaccination and dealing with COVID and all kinds of things. And then critics would say, well, it's a country of whatever it is, 6 million people. It's a tiny country. Um, uh, Blah, 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 blah. But they're struggling right now. So they're having an emergency meeting of the Knesset, their government, um, about the hospital crisis and the rise in COVID morbidity. So many people dying and trying to figure out what's going on. Wow. Wow, I had missed that. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I want nobody has suggested that they've got a a new variant, have they? It's just Delta. 
I think so. I'm, I'm scanning my memory banks. Not a significant uh, amount of anything new. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, the Marine Corps is talking about taking away benefits, revoking benefits from anybody who declines the COVID vaccine. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. Uh, all sorts of good stuff to get to. Not all of it life and deathy. Um, Facebook has uh, launched a VR remote work app. You can be in a meeting as a cartoon emoji with all the other cartoon emojis sitting around your conference table at your office where nobody is. I saw an example of that, and I can't figure out what the need is for that. It seems like they created something that there's no need for. Well, I, I guess the, the charm is that you're you're actually in the room with you're wearing the, your virtual reality right. goggles. First of all, everybody is to do this, and you're sitting there in a room with your cartoon friends. But why is that better than staring at a screen? I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. It's, it looks charming to me, honestly. A little disconcerting, and another step toward there's no such thing as real life anymore. Right. Uh, nobody will ever leave their home anymore ish. Sex right. doll ish. You. you <laughs> I don't know how sex dolls slipped into the conversation, but, uh, um, yeah, yeah, the whole. You have a background of what your backyard or house or whatever looks like on your screen. It doesn't make any difference w- what your reality is, uh, is getting more and more confusing, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I'm just picturing people, uh, you know, fused to their chairs, uh, you know, melt. Uh, what what was the word that uh, grafted to their their chairs? Yeah, uh, never leaving their house. All their friendships are online. All their love relationships are just, uh, you know, pornography and some sort of uh, th- th- animatron they ordered from Japan or whatever. Just I don't know. Uh, that seems disturbing. How about we just all stare at each other on our screens with the, the our phony backgrounds? Or that is, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So we're not one we're of not, the we're not going back to the old days. We're going to be uh, staring at our phones and people through screens for a while now. But uh, yeah, so it would seem. So uh, back to the Afghanistan question and the uh, massive intelligence failures. Apparently, everybody in Afghanistan but us knew that uh, that the Taliban was going to take over. Uh, Peter Ducey was asking some hard questions yesterday. Let's roll clip thirty four. The story keeps changing. Are there al-Qaeda uh, members and, uh, and remnants in Afghanistan? Yes. But two days earlier, the president said the opposite. Look, let's put this thing in perspective here. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? The confusion is concerning for critics. I'm absolutely concerned about it. Clearly, he's uh, either senile or just in uh, denial about what's going on. The National Security Advisor claims there's nothing to see here. Are you presenting the president with the full picture or is he just misapplying the intelligence when he makes these public statements? The president was referring to al-Qaeda's capability to attack the United States, which the intelligence community tells us today is not present in Afghanistan. Wow, that's some serious parsing. Yeah, and then the next clip, I'm a little confused, Hanson. Is the next clip just a continuation of that? Because it's labeled with the very words we saw. I thought yeah, Hanson, confusing. Yes, the, Hanson says, yes, it is. It's a longer version of the same thing. Okay, I, never would, mind. I would highly recommend that the, that the administration quit doing these semantics parsing games when everybody, I mean, can see what's happening. It, it's not helping you any. Well, what's the alternative, though, to say the, the president's senile and he said something that's not true? Next question. 
Well, <laughs> on those, it does get difficult. But the, the arguing over the definition of the word stranding or what, you know, Al-Qaeda presence is or isn't is just. But you're right on that one. Since the president stated it, what are you going to do? Uh, the president is wrong. Anybody else? You just yeah. said your boss is wrong. Yes, I did. He, my boss is wrong. I like the way Peter Ducey put that question. Denial or senile? It's one or the other, huh? How about clip 37, Michael? Yes, Does the president intend to fire, reassign, or ask for the resignation of any White House personnel or administration officials who've handled the situation against him? I have not heard him say so. It's, of course, your job to ask those kinds of questions. It's my job just to keep doing what we're doing, which is every day try to get as many people out as possible. Boy, it'll be interesting if nobody is fired, nobody quits over just an enormous swing and a miss. A historic, epochal, once-in-a-century swing and a miss. Nobody's going to resign over this? That that is uh, astounding. Nobody in Intel, nobody at the Pentagon, nobody anywhere. That's just astounding. Yeah, yeah, well... Welcome to the Graveyard of Empires, beautiful Afghanistan. Enjoy your stay. I see you're uh, checked in for one year. <laughs> okay, says Afghanistan. Text line 415-295-KFTC. If you miss an hour of the show, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com. We'll have the latest on a number of things when we come back, including the economy and inflation. Something I don't want to think about or talk Whoa. about, but we probably should. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The vaccine isn't the only thing keeping the FDA busy. They recently had to tell people not to treat COVID with a drug that's given to animals with worms. This is real. They tweeted, you are not a horse, you are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it. People taking it are like, laugh all you want, but I don't have COVID and the worms are almost gone. So, (laughs) 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 The worms are almost gone. Um, So was that sweeping the nation or did like two people do that in a country of 340 million? You know, it's hard to say in clickbait America. I saw the story many times. Ivermectin, is that it? Is that it? I can't remember. It's uh, it's that drug, Iver something or other. But yeah, it's it's it is prescribed for humans at times for you know uh, parasitic illnesses and stuff like that. But it's a very different dose. Uh, perhaps you've noticed you don't weigh twelve hundred pounds. Um, so yeah, Yet. you don't want a cow's dose. <laughs> yeah, me too. Man, I I haven't weighed myself for a few for a couple weeks for some reason. Just got out of the habit. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah, I'm up I like have two and a half pounds. I have to weigh myself first thing every morning. Absolutely, have to weigh myself first thing every morning. I just I gotta know. I need the I yeah. need the immediate positive reinforcement of a day well lived, or the immediate negative reinforcement of a of a of a man who's completely out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would agree completely. Yeah, I got to get back into the habit. Anyway, a couple of uh, stories probably worth hearing in terms of the vid and mandates and stuff like that, because they are coming to a state or organization or employer near you. Uh, As COVID-19 cases rise in Mississippi, the state's Department of Health uh, sent out an alert warning those who test positive to isolate for 10 days or face up to five years in prison and a fine of up to $5,000. Prison? 
Now, this is up to, up to five years. Now, nobody's going to get that. But now, wait a minute. If I'm vaccinated, then uh, it doesn't matter really in the vast, vast, vast majority of cases whether somebody with the vid walks by me. It just I'm not going to get sick. Uh, and if I'm unvaccinated, well, that's my decision except in very limited cases where somebody just can't for some medical reason. Um, the uh, the state health officer, Dr. Thomas Dobbs, said those infected with COVID-19 was, must remain in their home uh, because it's a potentially deadly illness, which escalates the fines, according to state law. So potentially Mississippi deadly is allegedly. Is, uh, yeah. But a potentially deadly is. Yeah, it is potentially deadly, like. A vending machine is, because if the candy bar gets stuck in there and you rock it, it might fall on you. But it doesn't happen very often. Right. Um, I mean, potentially deadly. You're kind of stretching it. 99.5% of people survive the thing? Come on. Well, the guy's in Mississippi, so he probably only knows like 23 of the letters in the alphabet. So, you know. Wow, that was yeah, some struggle with literacy, Jack. It's a, it's a serious uh, problem. It needs to be addressed. Uh, moving along, uh, the Washington Free Beacon with an interesting story today. They're examining internal uh, memos that they got from the Marine Corps. Marines will lose their pensions, tuition assistance, and access to the GI Bill, along with other military benefits, if they refuse the COVID-19 vaccination. In an August 18th email from the commanding officer at the Marine Barracks in Washington, D.C., they told colleagues that although vaccines are still voluntary, the military believes, quote, they will become mandatory in the near future. And the penalties for refusing the coronavirus vaccination uh, should be, according to the top guy, well, he's a colonel, but uh, the uh, should be in line with others for insubordination. Those penalties include administration separation, a demerit in a Marine's personal file, as well as the forfeiture of various retirement and financial benefits. Now, am I missing something? I'm, it's tough. You know, I'm not a scientist. I'm trying to keep all this stuff in my head so we give you, you know, accurate reports and reasonable advice. But you have uh, the fittest young people in America who will almost certainly not get seriously ill anyway, is mm-hmm. it just a we can't have people with cough and flu symptoms out for weeks at a time thing? It's a, a force readiness thing? I mean, if that's a valid argument, it's a valid argument. But I don't know. Well, I suppose it makes sense that, um, yeah, if if people test positive and they have to quarantine and then you have 10 people in you know one company that have to quarantine, then they're not available. So you try to avoid that. Right, and if it rips through your helicopter mechanics, for instance, that's a you know a community. Every, you could easily have eighty percent of them out at the same time, which is untenable. Although, what if you had every one of them there, and they all have COVID together, and nobody's going to die? Uh, I don't know. Just depends how sick they are. I see what you're saying. Why would you quarantine them when um, when they all have it already? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The, the, the military is a different thing because as anybody who's served will tell you, you get jabbed with all sorts of stuff, particularly oh, yeah. before foreign deployments. I remember my dad told me that story as a kid. It just always stuck in my head about how you just walked down a line and there were doctors on each side of you jabbing you in each arm as you walked down just one thing <laughs> after another and you had no idea what any of it was. Right. And that was probably right. like 1960 or something. So who knows what they're jabbing into people then. They give him a big fat shot in the ass and. For instance. 
Right, right. And and one more drug story, just because I find it so interesting. In fact, I'll send the link to Hanson so you can read about it at armstrongandgetty.com. We incorrectly reported some information yesterday that... Um, uh, talking about the FDA and how reliable it was that they'd approved fen-fen f- uh, as a diet thing and thalidomide, neither of which were true. But thalidomide, it was a, a drug for to treat morning sickness among uh, pregnant women or birthing people, as idiots say today. Idiots who should be <laughs> silent, lest their idiocy rubs off on anybody else. But um, it was to treat morning sickness, and it caused terrible, terrible birth defects. Uh, thousands of them in Europe in particular, but there was a very brave woman doctor working for the FDA in the United States who dug into the application for approval and the uh, standards. The standards and methods uh, for approval back then were way, way less rigorous. And she dug through this report, and her husband was a scientist, and, and he dove in, too, and said, you know, a lot of this stuff is just mum- pseudoscientific mumbo-jumbo. It's anecdotal. They're making claims in here that seem awfully uh, extraordinary, and, and we need to have better standards for approving drugs. So, no, we're not going to approve this drug. It looks like it could be dangerous. And that was the beginning of the modern FDA and their rigorous, some would say occasionally overly rigorous and slow approval of drugs. Uh, but it's an interesting story of one person's uh, intellectual and moral courage probably saved thousands of American mm. babies, maybe many thousands from terrible birth defects. So anyway, we'll post that at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, well, I don't know how much different the drug part of the FDA is from the food part of the FDA, but if you've ever traveled around the world and eaten food in other countries, it's much more flavorful because our the food part of our FDA mandates out all kinds of flavor out of just a way, way overcompensating for for being concerned about a variety of things. Oh, yeah, cautious to the point of being paranoid. Sure. Yeah. Now, there's cautious to the point of being smart and cautious, uh, which brings us to a word from our beloved sponsor, Simply Simply Safe Home Security. You really ought to click on simplysafe.com slash Armstrong and check out these systems and how they work. You customize it for your house. You install it yourself. It's super easy. By install, it's just set up. I mean, it's effortless. And if you do run into a a problem or you're not quite sure how something works, uh, just jump on the phone with them. They are there always to help you out. Yeah, it's going to take you like a half an hour to set it up, and then highly trained security experts are ready whenever you need them, whether it's a fire emergency, burglary, medical emergency, or as Joe said, just when you're setting up your system. And as our listeners, you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system and get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Just visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to customize your system. Start protecting your home and your family and also maybe your workshop where you have really expensive tools and such. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, 20% off because you're you. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Well, here's something else to worry about. Do you listen to the Armstrong and Getty Show? Oh, yeah. Every day they give you a long list of things to worry about. It's it's very relaxing. Here's another thing to worry about. Um, The Fed chairman, his name is Powell, uh, is meeting with his uh, crowd this week to try to decide what to do about the inflation situation. Um, uh, Inflation is jumped in the last couple of months in a way that it hasn't in decades. And uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, the experts, economic experts, it's almost an oxymoron because it's all theory. They're all informed guesses and they're wrong as much as they're right. 
And, and often they're that, heavily influenced by one ideology or another. Yeah, and to that point, he's got people telling him this is a blip. It's because of COVID and supply chain and pent-up demand and all kinds of different things. It's a blip, and it'll even out. And there are other people saying... Absolutely not. We printed trillions of dollars. Um, this inflation is here to stay, and you need to raise rates and raise them hard to get on top of this before um, before it, it swamps us all. And of course, raising interest rates would change all of our lives quite a bit, include you know in terms of car loans and home loans and credit card, all that sort of stuff. But um, this has been talked about for years, but we haven't had to deal with the reality of it. Our our debt. So our federal debt, which is chugging along at almost $30 trillion, one of the reasons that it ain't quite as horrible as it already is is that interest rates are so low. Interest rates go up, and, man, that uh, that monthly payment is going to be crazy. Um, but anyway, so the Fed chairman is going to be meeting this week, and he's got people on both sides saying, absolutely keep interest rates where they are, practically zero. No, raise them hard. We have to write it out, and nobody knows which direction he's going to go, which side he's going to believe in. So, Wow. You know, I would everybody. like to believe I would like to believe the blip argument, the uh, it's a temporary thing, but among other factors, the government has artificially inflated wages by bidding against private employers, sure. uh, you know, to keep people home on the couch. And so we've seen a significant rise in wages, um, and so you're going to have more dollars chasing fewer goods. You know, I'm I'm glad people are making more money, but it shouldn't be because you're bidding against the very government that is spending trillions of imaginary dollars and causing inflationary pressures that are going to cause a rise in the interest rates, which will, combined with the inflation, net you a giant oh. cut in your pay, my newly minted seventeen fifty an hour friends. I hadn't even thought about that. Inflation... And interest rates at the same time. Wow, so you, you, your car loan is now significantly higher, and your money is worth less. So, yeah. oh boy. Most economists, according to the Wall Street Journal, agree with Fed Chairman Powell that the inflation surge is a temporary thing and that things are going to even out. I hope that is correct. And if that's what he believes and he's the one who makes a decision... Another one of these things, like being commander-in-chief, where it's amazing that there's a person that makes these decisions. Um, I don't know how else you'd do it. But uh, I'm guessing, since he seems to agree with those economists, that he's going to keep uh, interest rates low because he thinks inflation's temporary. And we'll see if he's right. I certainly don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be knee-jerk cynical because that's, uh, that's the province of the dumb. It's dumb yep. people acting smart uh, by rejecting everything. On the other hand, if you're the sort of person who likes hitting yourself in the head with a hammer, perhaps I could read you, I don't know, 50 articles in a row from 2005 explaining how the housing bubble was not a bubble, according to America's leading economic experts. Right. So who freaking knows? Yeah, they didn't know either. If they knew, they would be gazillionaires because they would have been able to uh, you know, invest accordingly. I'd have bought me a duffel bag full of those credit default swap thingies that I read so much about. Yeah, Definitely. that seems like a good plan. Uh, what do you know? Text line is 415-295-KFTC. So Axios, Jonathan Swan, news organization we like, is out with uh, an exclusive story about what conditions at least were like at the airport last week. I would hope that they're better now. Than they were a week ago, according to not Axios's, my local expert, uh, lo- local airport. But no, uh, I'm talking the about Kabul the Kabul yeah. airport and uh, get ready for the words feces and urine, mm. among other things, and rats. 
among other things. So, uh, wow. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, get this, uh, the new name of the fully approved Pfizer vaccine is Comirnaty. Comirnaty, which sounds more like a drunk person trying to say community. You can't arrest me, I'm a valued member of the community. <laughs> Wow. That's wow. pretty good. Uh, Pfizer's, COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, they got full approval, uh, the, but the reaction to the new name, not good online. Many people scratching their heads over the new name, Comirnaty. Uh, one person on Twitter said, the person who came up with, the people who came up with this name should never be allowed to name anything ever again. They shouldn't even be allowed to name their own pets. <laughs> Another one said, I feel like the brainstorm session that came up with the name Comirnaty either ended too soon or went on way too long. Uh, wow. uh, according to the uh, the people who named it, uh, that would those be are Brand f- Institute. Those are some funny comments. <laughs> it's a naming agency that teamed up with Pfizer and BioNTech. It's a mashup of the words community, immunity, mRNA, and COVID. You've got to be kidding me. It's way community. more complicated than I thought. <laughs> How did who? So I, I was kind of picturing the you know the somebody said the it was either a meeting that was too short or too long. I'm thinking it's like a bunch of people didn't want to be there. We got to name the drug. How about community? I'm in. Vote. Show of hands. Okay, we're done. Let's Fine. go. <laughs> <laughs> the generic name is Tazinamaran. <laughs> so that one's out. Were other names considered? Yeah. Those included Coviuity, which is better than Comernity, uh, Ernax Covi, Covamirna, and RNX Tract. I think they're uh, thinking too hard. Oh, hey, the Moderna has gotten a full approval in Europe. It's known as Spike Vax. Come on, that's my new punk band. Just call Please. it Jimmy the COVID vaccine. Vaccine. It doesn't really matter what the you don't. The clever name is not going to do you anything. Also in Europe, the AstraZeneca vaccine goes by Vaxevria. <laughs> that's what I'm going to name my first daughter. Sounds like a stripper name to me. <laughs> See, um, the, nobody's uh, going to uh, more mockery if you're in the mood for it. Yeah, I want more mockery. Nobody's going to call it this, by the way. So you wasted your time. Uh, as one user put it, achievement unlocked. Full FDA approval. Also unlocked. Crappy, hard to pronounce word. Comernity. Thanks, marketing. Let's see. Um, yeah, that's a visual joke. Come on now. I'm a valued <laughs> member of the Comernity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. CNN editor <clears throat> Ariel Edwards Levy implored everyone to, quote, not lose sight of the fact that Comirnaty is an objectively hilarious brand name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every, another user said every vaccine should get a name like someone pronouncing community with three or four deviled eggs in their mouth. 
Uh, let's oh, see. The internet claps back. <laughs> and then this one. Maybe we can end on this one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ryan Henyard, who's uh, a podcast guy, said, if someone can come up with the name community for the most important pharmacological advance in a century and not get laughed out of the room, I guess I should be less shy about my work and ideas that are actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, we are broadcasting from our own homes because we got exposed to the, the Delta, I assume, variant with the COVID. Uh, last well, I'm, week. Trying to, I'm trying to protect the community. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know if we have it. I assume I don't, although how would I know? Because what is it? Half of people don't show any symptoms at all. So who would know? And as uh, vaccinated I'm, fellers, the chance of us getting, you know, even like painfully uh, ill is very slim. It's amazing how much the average person doesn't know. I may have had COVID a year ago and have no idea. I may have it right now and have no idea. Or I've never had it. Or I've had it twice. Yeah, Judy idea. and I are thinking of participating in a study where they they check you for the antibodies and everything, just out of curiosity. I got to get jabbed for it. I'm not, you know, a fan of that, but uh, yeah, yeah, might do it. I would like oh, to know the way the antibodies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The vaccine's uh, effectiveness wearing off, in particular the Pfizer that's getting a lot of headlines, people are all excited about it. Well, that's against just any infection, but against a serious illness, hospitalization, or death, it's still near 100%. So, yeah, you'll be getting a booster, but you'll be fine between now and then anyway. So Axios, with a report out of what conditions were like at the airport uh, this last week, and it's, it's something, so stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty.